Welcome back to this week's episode of the Buckeye Blitz podcast. I am here with my co-host Dustin Nelson. As always, we are here after what has it been a week and a half? Yeah, probably roughly. It's yeah, been a while. it's been a long time, and we have a ton to talk about today. A ton. We missed a lot of stuff going on. I think we're we're recording at the perfect time though, because it seems like a bunch has happened, and we get to still preview a lot. So. Yeah, and hopefully this is like we cut, we got everything, and now there's a little break. A little so break, miss yeah. More, but for all we know, as soon as we stop, there's probably gonna be some breaking news thing that's gonna happen. Hopefully not, though. Hopefully not, but we're going to record one more podcast before uh, our CFP game. So we're probably gonna do it sometime next week, uh, either Thursday, Friday. Yeah, dedicate that strictly to previewing the big game up against Clemson. Yep. So we're not really gonna talk about the Clemson games too much on this episode. But we will cover some other things. We have, a, like I said, a bunch to cover. And it uh, should be a good episode with a lot of discussion. Um, but let's start with what happened, which seemed like a year ago. I know, yeah. The Big Ten Championship. So Dustin went to the Big Ten Championship. Um, we're going to only talk about it a little bit since we... Yeah, everyone, Most everybody knows what knows happens. What everyone remembers what their favorite moments are. So, uh, <laughs> we'll just get into like we'll just cover it a little bit. But yeah, I went to the game, drove up to Indianapolis the day of. Um, and it was a good time. I mean, we like walked around Indianapolis a little bit. I drove around there before uh, when I went to Indiana. Indiana I drove, on the way back, I drove through Indianapolis a little bit. But this is the first time like walking around. It was really nice. They had a lot of uh, Christmas stuff up, uh, a lot of Big Ten stuff up, which is really cool to see. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, they even had a little tailgate that they were going on, like a Big Ten tailgate where there was a bunch of food trucks. And mm-hmm. the one food truck, Meyer, was actually giving away free samples, which was not a sample. It was a cup of apple cider and like a slice of pizza for free. It was like the best sample I've ever had. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. Um, really nice city. Uh, it was honestly more better than I was expecting. And then the game was awesome. Honestly, Lucas Oil was one of the best stadiums I've ever been to, honestly. Like, you think so? It was, like the, my seats were awesome. I was in the student section, so we were in the corner, um, mm-hmm. up for like around all right next to this, uh, right next to the band, which was really nice. And um, we were like in the second section, right, like right from the field, so it wasn't like too far back, but we weren't like the first section. But like the way my seat was, is like we were the first row of that section. So it was like pretty well spaced out. Awesome. Like I love any, when that happens. Like anytime like someone had to like go by us, we barely had to move. We were on the end too, which was really nice. And like we just had so much room. They had the little pom poms to play with, like whenever we were cheering, which was kind of fun. I didn't really use it much, but it was cool. Um, it just like the fact that it was like eighty percent OSU, maybe more. It was so loud with it being indoor. Did not have to worry about being cold. I ended up taking my hoodie off and just having this jersey alone on because I, I was getting to the point of sweating, which was so weird after coming out from Michigan game was, where I was absolutely freezing. Um, so it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. I, I just thought that the atmosphere of, this, of the stadium was really nice and definitely one of the better stadiums I've been to. Did you go into the mall? I went into the convention center a little bit. Um, just to check out what they were doing for the Big Ten championship game, like, and it was pretty cool. They had a huge setup, uh, like a lot of like highlights from Big Ten games for the season were on like a huge projector screen. They mm-hmm. had like a a huge stand set up so people could watch like the bands perform before the game, like yep. at the. Uh, when I went there, everyone it was like empty by then. Like it was pretty, like it was right before the game because it was right next to the stadium. It's connected but, to it. Yeah, but it was still pretty cool. 
Mm. It's it's pretty cool too because I went three years ago and uh, a lot of the stuff that you just said, I I remember myself like that tailgate outside. I yeah. can picture exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And um, we also played Wisconsin, so it's kind mm. of like deja vu, even though. You don't know what I saw, and but I, I kind of know what you saw. Yeah. Well, I guess both ways now. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's a really it's a really neat city. They really do go all out for the Big Ten Championship. They do. They really embrace it, I feel mm. like. And they Lucas Oil is beautiful. It's not my favorite indoor stadium I've ever been to, though. So that's actually my, the only indoor stadium for football that I've ever been okay. to. Okay. I've been so, to two others, and yeah. I actually like Lucas Oil the least out of the three. Okay. If you can guess the two others that I've been to... Well, I you know, know one, one of them is for sure. Phoenix. Yep. I don't University what, of Phoenix. Okay, University of Phoenix. Yep. Which is so. Do they even have a football team? <laughs> like, you why can do get your they, online degree? I was gonna say yeah. Coaching. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I remember that you went that for one for beautiful a game that, that we will not discuss. <laughs> that is a beautiful stadium. I mean, Lucas Oil is awesome. Don't get me wrong, yeah. and it's cool that um, it's kind of like nationwide almost where, um, well. It's better, but yeah, yeah. Nationwide has that sec- the section of windows um, oh, yeah, yeah. I- inside, and Lucas Oil, like, one side of the stadium is open, essentially, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. And the other stadium I went to is Ford Field in Detroit. Okay, gotcha. Um, love Ford Field. Mm-hmm. Ford Field's a little bit older than both of them, I- I'm pretty sure, but it just has, like, this feeling like, you know, this is like a football city, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and it's, a- it's really um, interesting, but... All three are really nice. I wish the Browns had an indoor stadium so bad. I mean, yeah, I, even in baseball, I've never been to an indoor baseball stadium to either. So it was like really cool to see a sport, an outdoor sport indoors. So it was really cool to see. Like, as, I mean, basketball, you see that all so the time. So nice. Isn't it so temperature-controlled? Exactly. And like, um, I liked how it was louder, too, and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really nice. And I, I really enjoyed it, too, because Peyton Manning's my favorite football player ever. So it was really cool just seeing, like, a lot of the Peyton Manning stuff, like his statue – uh, a lot of his like uh like big banners of him up and then like seeing the Super Bowl banner which I remember watching and so it was like just really cool seeing all that stuff around there, um and then they had a lot of stuff up of like past Big Ten championship games so like there was a lot of stuff about OSU's championships in the past few years so like, it was just really cool they really went they out. really do go all yeah, out for so. it they really embrace it as a city I I think and I I did like a lot of looking into it after and it's they they they. Didn't, renewed their contracts so they they'll be at lucas oil until like past like 2023 2023 i think so it's gonna be there for a while now it should be i think they do a really good yeah. job like i guess I, i'm looking forward to going back there again next year hopefully i would love to go there again but i what was interesting was that the original plan was that they would like alternate it every year between oh, really? like a group of stadiums so i they didn't say what other the other stadiums would have been so i'm curious to see what else they were like i think they did say they would have liked to go to detroit for one mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was another one, uh, I don't, it would Minnesota, have had to be indoors. Minnesota so. now. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. The, the Vikings one would have been awesome to go to cause that's so nice. But at the same time, it's so far away from So far else. from Ohio state. Yeah. Like that's like the farthest West, uh, besides maybe Nebraska. It's a team that we have. Probably time, right? the same really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But yeah, I'm glad you had a good time. Um, we'll Do you want to say like one, your one favorite moment from the game that if you were just like to remember one thing from the game what would it be easily yeah it's probably the same for you too it but is yeah the goat drew chrisman mm-hmm. one for one career passing yard yeah one for one complete <laughs> career completion percentage and i know you're gonna say the same exact thing as me but ryan day has some balls on him to mm-hmm. do something like that in that situation you know you probably remember better than me but 
I remember being on like our own 25 yard line. Yeah. And if you miss that call, or if you miss that throw, if he drops that pass, if it's covered, and and we turn over the ball, they literally have the ball up two scores mm. in their own red zone essentially already. Yeah. I mean that call is the riskiest thing Ryan Day probably has ever done in his life, and it paid off in. Drew Chrisman literally should have won the Heisman just from that play alone. I mean, I already think he's the best player in college football, but I think that cemented it. Um, I think that's something I would remember not even just from, like, this year, but the rest of my life. Like, that call was literally, like, I was freaking out. I literally literally was like, I don't even know how to act, you know? No, I agree, because, like, so, I mean, like, I probably would have said the Rucker catch. That catch by Rucker. Oh, that was going to say, that was going to be yours? I would have said the Rucker catch because... The only the only reason I didn't like the like I'll talk about the punt a little more, um, but like Rucker's catch was absolutely or lack insane. thereof. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was absolutely insane. One of the best catches I've ever seen in person, and I like that was probably the loudest the stadium was the entire game. Maybe uh, Drew Christensen's play might have been a little bit less loud, but like okay. way up there with it. Yeah. But like I just remember <laughs> jumping up like crazy at that play. It was like that was like perfectly what we needed but the thing about the the fake punt that i liked the most was that that was probably the quietest the stadium was the entire game right before that play i i think we were sitting down because we were so like i had my demoralized i had my head in my hand i was literally sitting there thinking to myself i really don't hope i hope i'm not on tv right now like (laughs) i'm gonna be that kid that ends up being a meme about this game like yeah i was hoping like that's all i was thinking about and then all of a sudden it's like fourth down because like that was after i think it was like right in the beginning half wasn't it it was our first drive and like so we were already down 21 threes like that was our chance to to score put it back to a decent game or 21 10 it like i was like all right maybe this game is over i was literally thinking nothing positive at all that was so deflating and like that's why I think that call was amazing because there wasn't a better time to do that. Than that the turned, time that turned every, the tide of the game. Because literally, like even the team, you could tell they were like kind of getting down on themselves too. And he calls that play, and instantly the entire stadium wars like crazy. But the only reason I didn't like that play as much was because the next, like as soon as we got the next set of downs, we had a punt. Like we didn't end up scoring on that drive, which was okay. so it did kind of it, so it like kind of helped like gave us some more momentum but at the same time like in the in the grand scheme of things didn't truly work out because we didn't score on that drive which was upsetting Mm -hmm. it was almost like a wasted fake punt but i will choose to remember that differently in like 20 years when someone asked me about it i will say that was the defining moment (laughs) in the game yeah that turned our whole our whole Mm -hmm. season around it was awesome because like Urban Meyer, like, in the past three years, has done, like, at least one, like, every season. And Ryan Day never used it. And, I mean, like, that was per- the, honestly the perfect time to use it. Because, yeah, you could say, oh, let's just keep it, saving it for uh, the CFP. But, and that's, like, he couldn't save it anymore. He needed it in that situation. Absolutely. That was, it was incredible. But yeah. you're right, the record catch, too. Like, that was another moment. I remember two distinct moments of me just losing my mind. Mm. And the record catch was... But it shouldn't have been like that, you yeah. know? I mean, it, Justin Fields really didn't look great. He was pretty inaccurate all day. Yeah. Um, he was missing pretty easy throws, for my my opinion, at least. And uh, we, we, thought, we thought the same thing. I, re- I remember just, like, when he got the MVP, which, yes, Justin Fields got the MVP. I guess we don't have to say this anymore because everyone should know by now. But still, uh, we all were like, yeah, we don't feel like he deserved it. But... It's going to go to the quarterback, obviously, but when you compare last year's MVP to Justin Fields, 
Dwayne Haskins. It's mm-hmm. a big drop off in just not like talent wise, but in how they played in that game. Yeah, necessarily. I agree. Um, they were playing against a tougher team though. They much tougher team 100%. this year. Yeah, Northwestern was not great. They that was like probably the most losses for a Big Ten big championship West team. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still, it was a uh, it was an awesome game. A lot of fun. Probably the most up and down, like not up and down even really, because it was just down. Down, up, down, up, down. Up, up. <laughs> yeah. up, up, up. Like, it wasn't like, yeah, it was just kept going down. It wasn't like up and down, really. But it was definitely like maybe the biggest differential in, equa- in uh, emotions that I've ever had for a game. So yeah. it was, by the end of it, though, I was like, wait, we were losing at one point? It was kind of crazy. I mean, they blew them out. Mm. It was actually crazy. Yeah. But that's all we're probably going to talk about that game. You guys all saw it. And I would like to know your feedback as well. Somebody else had a at a moment that was more defining than those two. I would I would find it hard to believe. But if you do, let us know. Um, we have a lot to talk about today, so we're going to move on kind of quickly. Um, we are going to talk about the All American team next. Is that okay with you? Yeah, let's just we'll just keep quick hitting and then t- talk our thoughts about it. So, go. Ahead. You want me to go into the All American team then? Absolutely. All right. So. Uh, all American teams, a bunch of different organizations did them. USA Today, the uh, what's it called the FWCAA or something like that. Walter Camp, um, ESPN, all of them did it. But the one that's always talked about the most is the AP All American teams, and this year they were dominated by OSU and LSU, which was awesome to see. Especially after last year, where we didn't have a single first team All American. As far as we can remember, because we couldn't find the exact stat, but <laughs> we can't remember a single all American. Was MJ class maybe? Um, no, I don't think. He, I think it was maybe second or third team, yeah. if anything. But yeah, we couldn't remember. We were talking about. It. We can't remember. Dwayne Haskins was third team, and he was our best player. So mm-hmm. he was literally third in Heisman race, and he was a third team. Yeah, it just happened to be though that the you could only pick one quarterback per team, and yep. the other two of them were quarterbacks. Yeah, and they also were the guys that beat him on the Heisman. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just real quick, uh, Chase Young, first team, all def- uh, all defensive end, uh, Jeff Akuda, first team, all, uh, cornerback and Wyatt Davis, first team guard, uh, as a sophomore, he was the youngest one on our, uh, for our Ohio state. And then second team AP was Justin Fields, quarterback, uh, he was second team, which is awesome to see that he was second team above Jalen Hurts. Um, which we'll get into more about that for sure later. Um, <clears throat> Next, actually. Yeah. And then uh, J.K. Dobbins, he was second team uh, running back. He was only behind Jonathan Taylor and Chubba Hubbard. Understandable. Um, I can't really hate that really much. Um, <laughs> and then Jonah Jackson, third team guard. Um, so two of our guards, all Americans. Um, but then J.K. Dobbins did get onto the first team all American list for the uh FWAA so um that allowed him to get his Buckeye Grove tree so that means that um I think I I would imagine that they do it by next year by around the time of the spring game next year so that means Jeff Akuda, Chase Young, Wyatt Davis and JK Dobbins will all have a tree in Buckeye Grove and that's awesome to see especially after not having like any that many uh All-Americans probably in a long time I would assume um, so that's really awesome. Almost as many this year as we have had since we started college. Yeah. Cause I think there's 2016 five. we had two, 2017 we had two, and then we didn't have any last yeah. year. So, so you're right. 
Uh, it's really awesome. And the only person returning next year, most likely at least, is Wyatt Davis. Yep. And, he's uh, only and hopefully so that's really good Justin Fields will be able to pull out that first team next year because I would really like to see him add his name in the Buckeye Grove. Yeah, hypothetically, his only competition should be Trevor Lawrence. So, And he already beat him out this year. Let's see him do it again next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then hopefully see him beat him out this year in less than a Less than two weeks. <laughs> um, really quickly, uh, th- there's only really one guy I want to talk about because I think we can all agree that everybody deserves um, to be on the first, second, and third team that, that has been on there. Uh, but let's talk about Jonah Jackson really quickly. We, we kind of talked this before the podcast, but um, talk about a guy who was at a program that was, was used to losing, um, not on the national stage very much. I mean, he was a captain. He's a grad transfer, but he went to Rutgers, mm-hmm. and then he comes to Ohio State, and not only is he on a winning football team, but he's on a CFP football team. Um, he's on. He's a third-team All-American, you know. I mean, talk about a great year for that guy uh, as a grad transfer. So he will be graduate. Uh, he will be done after this year. He will correct? be, yeah. But what a way to go out. I mean, like, way to just go out and get what you deserve because – I mean, he went through three years of Rutgers, of three losing seasons, no bowl games, no honors at all, to a bowl game, a winning season, undefeated season. Right. Like, I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything more for him to end his career off with. Um, so he got what he deserved. And I like that's one of those things where it's like, go out and what, get, get what you're worth. And like that's what he did. So. Yeah. It's, it's a great story all around. Mm. Um, anything else on that? No, uh, I'm good with all American teams. I mean, it's just really awesome to see OSU well represented, well represented. Yeah, uh, as and they that, should be. and that's something that will be forever in the in the Buckeye Grove. If uh, if, if when when we, we come back, back and, and tell our kids that we watched these ki- these ones when we when they were our age, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, twenty but, years from now. Exactly. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> all right, moving on to something that is also very important and, uh made national news this past weekend. Uh the Heisman race. We kind of already talked about it, but let's dig into it a little bit deeper. So our guy, former Buckeye, but he graduated. He graduated from Ohio State. He did, he did. He has a degree from he, Ohio a lot State. of people don't remember that. Um, I mean Colin Coward doesn't even remember he went to Ohio State. That's so, so. true, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that Joe Burrow graduated from Ohio State. But yeah, our guy, Joey Burrow, Ohio's own Heisman Trophy winner. Um, Ohio born and raised, Ohio, not just an Ohio State guy. Wasn't born. I, I, okay, sorry. He was, he was born in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, was yes. raised Ohio. Yeah, sorry. I did a, I did a deep research <laughs> into Joe Burrow. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure everybody that's listening has heard about this by now. But a few things that I just want to talk about. Uh, excellent. A top tier. One of the best Heisman speeches I think I've ever heard. Oh, definitely, yeah. He, I mean, he, like, I've so watched much it start to finish, but... It still like get, honestly got me a little. Emotional. You watched it. I did. Yeah, yeah I watched most of it, and it got me a little emotional. Even like, just like especially when it was like Coach O, and he couldn't keep going. He had to take a pause because he was choking up. Yeah. Like, and then just seeing Coach O, like the most football guy ever, just sitting there, like him trying not to start crying. Like, right. It was emotional. You could just sure. tell that everything that Joe Burrow had gone through was coming out in that in mm-hmm. that moment. It was so genuine, 
And even the aftermath of the speech, you know, he's shouting out Athens, Ohio, which, I mean, maybe nationally people didn't know, but in Ohio, it's well known that Athens County is, like, the poorest county in the state, you know? Yeah, and his uh, foundation that he started, like, because of the speech, has already earned over $100,000 yeah, since the speech. I actually saw it because the, the Heisman Trophy tweeted out. Mm-hmm. Not, the, not the Heisman Trophy committee, the little Heisman Trophy tweeted <laughs> out. Anyways, it was just, it was top tier. I was like, wow, this, you could tell this guy has been through, you know, hell and back mm-hmm. for his football career, and, and nobody deserves it more than him. Like, obviously, I would have loved if Chase or, or Justin Fields won, but I'm, I'm literally just as satisfied that Joe Burrow won, yeah. knowing that he's a former Buckeye, Ohio kid. It really, it means more to him, you know? Definitely. I mean, like, last year, we kind of talked about, like, how Dwayne Haskins, like, we're not like we were not mad that Kyler Murray or Tua like were above Dwayne Haskins necessarily, but we definitely felt that Dwayne deserved a lot more respect. He got, he got yeah. He got completely like, forgotten about mm-hmm. in last year's uh results and I mean like no one even talked about him. They just were like, Yeah, you're third, we don't care about you. But with this situation, like, even though we had two guys represented, I didn't care at all. I knew no. for a fact Joe Burrow deserved it more than anyone. You could not give you could not even make a Statement about anyone else, like Joe Burrow was the Heisman, like top to bottom, like absolutely, and it, like not even because I like him, like I just he was completely deserving. Yeah, and and it's it was a great story, you know, and mm. it was it was amazing, and I actually went back and I was like, who else's Heisman speech would be comparable to Joe Burrow's? Mm. And immediately in my head, I was like Baker Mayfield, you know, tr- double transfer guy, walk yeah. on, you know, I was like, like, I went back and listened to Baker Mayfield's as well. Not even close. Like, yeah. I was like, that, you know, Baker Mayfield's a super emotional guy. Um, you know, he, he'll he, tell you all the things he's gone through. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Not even close, you know, and I was like, it, it really was one that I will never forget, which was, which was awesome, you know. And I think always these speeches are really nice to like look at because you know they're not having a professional speechwriter tape these right. out. You know, like, this is coming fr- straight from them. Like, yeah, they have probably, like, a college professor reviewing it for them or something like that. Yeah. Like, they're not just saying it on the spot or typing it up and just reading it from the paper that they just wrote. But it's like, everything they exactly want to say. It's not what a lot of other people would say. Like, yeah. it's definitely more from the heart, which I love to see. And, I mean, like I, mean I, I like I said, he was more deserving than a lot of other Heismans in the past anyways, and... It's shown by him. He ended up being breaking a bunch of Heisman records by being the uh, having the far the the biggest deficit ever. He was the most voted for Heisman ever in all of Heisman history, which is crazy. I mean, Heisman has been around longer than the Super Bowl era has been around. Like, yeah, seriously, it's been back since what the nineteen thirties. Thirties, yeah, or early, very early forties. Exactly, and no one has been like has had a bigger deficit ever and actually uh believe it or not the second biggest deficit i think was troy smith oh really he he was second or third so he was uh he's up there i I didn't even realize he was voted on that much when he won um but yeah i mean pretty cool to see uh really deserving um i I was really happy to see that definitely and they like uh it's kind of interesting like you bring up baker mayfield for past heisman winners because you compare you look at like who's won in the past like five years. You've got a lot of freshmen or guys that just kind of like were at the end of their careers and one team. But mm-hmm. the only guys that have like really gone through the hell, like that they that Joe Burrow did was Baker Mayfield and those two. And 
look what Baker Mayfield's been at right now. He's not been having an amazing season, but you can't really even say it's him. But right. still, like went on to being, he went he went from being nobody with the draft, not even being drafted maybe to becoming the first overall pick. And now Joe Burrow's the same. Like he didn't really have any. La- this draft time last discussion. year, he was he was deemed. As as a as an undrafted guy, yeah, he was a practice squad guy. Everyone was talking about tanking for Tua, tanking yep. for Tua, yep. And even even if Tua played the whole year, Joe Burrow would still be the first overall pick. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And and some team is going to. I mean, probably the Bengals is going to draft Joe Joe Burrow, and uh, I, I as much as I have confidence in Joe Burrow, you never know in that situation. You know, being put in a, with a bad team and in, in a bad organization, yeah. Um, but who the real winner in all this is whoever's going to draft Tua. You know, mm. he's still Tua's still one A. You know, oh yeah. And uh, even if he didn't win the Heisman this year, even if he played all year, he's still one A one B with Joe Burrow. And uh, I mean, he's going to go late in the first round, early in the, or late in the second round. You know, so some good team, good organization is going to get a really good player for very cheap compared yeah, to what his yeah. actual stock mm. is. So. Um, and Joe Burrow's been super be. fun watching this year too. Honestly, super fun. So like, much swagger, really so much moxie. And like I, I think some people might try to say like, oh, it's the new offensive coordinator that they got. He's like the reason that they've he's done so well. But like, okay, Chase Young has like the best defensive line coach in the country. Yeah, can't like that's the reason he's done so well. Yeah, Justin Fields has Ryan Day. That's why he's done so well. So you can't even say it about um, Justin Fields. I mean, he was a great. I mean, Joe Burrow, like he was great last year. He just got better this year, so like I mean, it's a big deal. But all right, we talked about enough about Joe Burrow. I want to talk about the results though for the rest of the guys. Okay, I I, th- I know you wanted to talk about it too. Yeah. Um, just real quick, uh, for anyone that hasn't seen, uh, so the finalists were Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, and Chase Young. They were the four that got invited to the event. Um, obviously Joe Burrow blew everyone else out of the water, but. Uh, Jalen Hurts finished in second, and then Justin Fields in third, and Chase Young in fourth. Kind of disappointing a little bit. I think we both would agree on that. Uh, I wasn't even like mad when I first read it that Jalen Hurts came in second. I mean, I I felt like Justin Fields and Justin Chase Young both had better seasons than him because if you just look at Jalen Hurts, he he was special. Like, don't get me wrong, like he had an amazing season especially after transferring from Alabama, from being benched, and he had an awesome season this year. This is the reason that – he's the only reason that Oklahoma's in the CFP right now. But he had a lot of iffy games where, like, right. they you can't really say that, like, he was top-notch every single game where Justin Fields literally didn't have a bad game. Like, even the Big Ten Championship game, turned it around and ended up having it with a great game. Chase Young, even when he didn't have a sack, he was triple-teamed or being held the whole game, which allowed other defenders to – have a great game, and I'm not even trying to be biased with it. But like, if you even if you just look at the the facts with the the voting, the uh, Chase Young had the second most first place votes. He had uh, if we're, let's just take Joe Burrow out of it. Chase Young had the most first place votes. Justin Fields had the most second place votes. Yet they both finished below Jalen Hurts, who had the most third place votes. So just kind of really annoying to see. Congrats, you got the most third place votes. We'll give you second for being the best at being third place. Yeah. And it's the whole preferential ballot, you know, like they just add them up, like how many votes you had in general. So it's kind of like, I mean, if you had the most third place votes, but zero first place and zero second place, you could skyrocket to second place, which is really unfortunate. But so I really, it was really pissed me off to see that. I'm not going to lie. Um, which 
you you kind of brought this up earlier um and we're going to kind of talk about it right now but the worst thing that could happen for your school is having two you know Heisman candidates in the same year yeah. because Dustin said this earlier and he's absolutely right is that if you are going to vote for an Ohio State player the votes are going to get divided between those two players you know mm-hmm. um so the people who would vote for Justin Fields, if it was just Justin Fields, you know, uh, some of them are also going to vote for Chase Young yeah. instead. So it really kind of splits the vote. And um, it, so it, it actually kind of makes sense that they came in third and fourth, you know. Um, in a way, it does, Which is yeah. really cool. I didn't really realize that Chase Young had the second most first place votes. I mean, yeah. he still had 820 less than Joe Burrow. Exactly, yeah. But it was still, um, I mean, that's really cool. So if you think about... Uh, maybe if Justin Fields wasn't in the race, uh, Chase Young could have came in second, mm-hmm. which is which is awesome. I mean, if you think about uh, a DN coming in second, but also uh, something that people didn't really talk about is um, J.K. Dobbins coming in sixth. Yeah. So they had three three Buckeyes in the top six, which is uh, all kinds of messed up when it comes to voters splitting their votes. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah, like it was really awesome to see J.K. and. It's it's really like weird like Joe Burrow the top voted guy ever and I I think like if you were to look at the results it really makes you wonder we should like really makes you think we should really go back and look at how this voting is done because I mean I'm not like I'm not saying that everyone that voted for Chase Young is wrong so like sure give Chase Young Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields some first place votes and maybe even Jonathan Taylor but. J.K. Dobbins, no offense to J.K. Dobbins, shouldn't be getting two first-place votes. Trevor Lawrence shouldn't be getting three first-place votes. And Tua shouldn't be getting one. Pl- he, had, he played half the season. Yeah. He, you can't tell me he should deserves the Heisman over Joe Burrow. Right. Who is voting for Tua to get first place? Right. I would like to know. You know like, they should get find out who does that away. and take him out. Like, yeah. Take him off the vote. Like, because it's not right. Like, you obviously do not watch all the games then if you're, vo- if you're doing that because apparently you just voted for... Alabama because you like Alabama. I mean, and maybe that's the guy that voted for Quinnen Williams last year because Quinnen Williams had one first place vote. <laughs> probably. And it's probably the same guy. Probably. Um, but if you look at the region breakdown, it's interesting too because Dwayne Haskins last year finished third in every region, not just the Midwest. You can't even say that like Midwest guys just vote for Big Ten guys, which is understandable if they did, but they didn't. Dwayne Haskins was third still in all last year. But this year... Uh, Joe Burrow first in every region, obviously. Uh, Jalen Hurts was uh, second in a uh, majority of them, but he came in third in the Mid-Atlantic and fourth in the Midwest. Justin Fields did come in second in the Midwest, and Chase Young came in second in the Mid-Atlantic. Really interesting, like, why Chase Young is second in the Mid-Atlantic. I don't know. What's different about the Mid-Atlantic? Right. What are they watching? Um, I couldn't tell you. I, really, It's really weird how that breaks down, but... It's just really – I always get really interested in looking how everyone else gets voted. Even in, like, MVP voting in other uh, leagues because you look at it and, like, they vote up until, like, the sixth person a lot of times. So it's interesting. Like, Indians players for the baseball get on there just because they'll have, like, a sixth-place vote. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of interesting to see. But the guys that got voted on, very interesting. Um, would not have expected some of them to be on there. But – Shout out to Justin Fields and J- Chase Young still. They should have been one of them should have been second in my opinion, but maybe if Chase Young didn't have the couple games where he didn't have any sacks, he could have gotten second. Probably would have had some more first place votes or something, right. but 
It's weird. Still, well-deserved. Yeah. Um, I will say one thing that um, I have a question. What do you think? So this year we had three guys finish in the top 10 for Heisman voting. And we also had three, uh, well, three top guys get first play, first team all, all big, all, all American. Um, Wyatt Davis, I, I'm not saying he's a top, not a top guy, but he's not someone you would have expected to get it. He's kind of like out of nowhere because you can't always expect a lineman to go off in a year. So my question is, who would you expect to be the if you had a, if if we were to get three guys that get top ten Heisman or All American next year, who would you think it would be? Something that's kind of interesting is that there's no wide receivers in the top ten. No. So, I would say like a guy like Garrett Wilson, but but in the past, like Didi Westbrook was yeah like fifth in voting. Um, Chris Olave potentially, but yeah, but this year in particular, it's. It's literally only quarterbacks, running backs, and then Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Literally. Um, so that's, that's, that's really tough. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you look back, the uh, last time there was a big deferential, second-place guy was um, an offensive lineman. Oh, really? <laughs> Orlando Pace, uh, off- uh, offensive lineman for Ohio State, he finished uh, second place in the high center. It's like It's kind of crazy, like – how popular offensive linemen were for Heisman back... Uh, and that Orlando Pace isn't even that far back, honestly. He was yeah. like 80s, I think, 80s, 90s. I mean, he retired not so long ago. He just got into the uh, the Hall of Fame like two years ago. So he's been out of the league for seven years now. Is Orlando Pace dead? No. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking... He just of, retired uh, seven years ago from NFL. I'm thinking <laughs> of... Uh, uh, um, I'll think of it. <laughs> Brown's player. Okay. Uh, his son played for Oklahoma and plays for the Ravens now. Anyways, I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah I mean, like, like uh, the last time the OSU players, OSU had three guys go, or a team, I think in general, I don't think it was OSU. A team in general got thir- three guys voted in the top ten. They had one of them was an old lineman. So um, now it's only uh, running back and quarterbacks though. Yeah, and a DN. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That's that's really hard. I think Justin Fields will obviously be one next year. Um, it's tough to not finish in the top ten after finishing third. I'm sure, yeah. Well, Trevor Lawrence, what he finished last year? I no, think he was up there. Probably four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to pull that up. But um, So I'll just – like, it's it's a tough thing to answer. I mean, like, yeah. like I don't think even if going into the season, I would have predicted three of them would have been in the top ten. Because no one would have expected Justin Fields to go off like he did even. Um, or Chase Young. Exactly. So um, – but the guy that uh, – Trevor Lawrence did not finish in the top ten actually, believe it or not. I would have expected that he would have, but he did not. But I guess he kind of like showed up towards the second half of the year. He didn't even start all the games. I, like it's so weird to think that Kelly Bryant was still their quarterback last yeah, year. Yeah, that is day. true. Um, Will Greer was fourth. Gardner yeah. Minshew was fifth. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie Milton. Yeah. Wow. Tearing his ACL. That Travis Etienne comes in seventh. Or comes in seventh two years in a row. Yeah, you're right. Uh, oh, Trevor Hubbard. So he he went down. Sorry. He went down to nine this year. Yeah. Cool. But, um, Jonathan Taylor went up. Mm-hmm. Cool. But I think Jonathan Taylor might be a guy that was voted every year, all three years. He had a f- crazy freshman year, too. He had so. a crazy career. Mm-hmm. One of the him. best running back careers ever, honestly. I agree. Uh, but the, the, so I, I did see a discussion on Twitter about it, and I, the one 
that came up the most was Fields, Master Teague, and Gary Wilson. Yeah, that's what that's if you were to ask me, like that's what I would have said. Mm. But we'll see about Master Teague. We will see. Yeah, I mean it's it's really tough to guess that already. Um, but it was just an interesting question to ask. Yeah. Um, um, I think I did actually miss one player actually, and I don't want to not shout him out. Uh, Malik Harrison was third team, uh, Big Ten for defense. He's a beast. I, mean, he's three, I keep saying Big Ten, All American, um, and that's huge for uh, he. He's a senior, so he'll be going to the draft. So that's huge for him going into that. Um, definitely will be helping him out. And the Big Ten in general finished in second. Uh, by when you look at how many players they had in the All American teams, they were only one player away from SEC. Hmm. And the Big Twelve had Big Twelve had three. Three, so it's not SEC and Big Ten absolutely controlled it. The Pac twelve only had two. ACC had one, and that was one Clemson player. Huh. All they had ACC had just as many as the Conference USA and Sun Belt. Um, that was first team. Sorry. So yeah, uh, even all even all first, second, and third team, Big Ten was still only one away. Dang, that's crazy. Mm. It, I, yeah. ACC had eight altogether. So. It, they even it all a little bit more. But yeah, uh, this was like the first year in a long time that Alabama didn't have a single first-team player. They had, uh, they, ha- they had a lot of them on the second team, but they didn't have a single first-team. Hmm. Down year for Bama. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on. You ready? Yeah, we're just going to go rapid-fire now for the most part, right? For, for the most part, yeah. Um, big news coming out this week. Brennan White, a guy who really – was supposed to have an amazing year coming into this yeah, year. Yeah, especially, like, he was kind of like the Chris Olave yeah. of defense. Yep, mm-hmm. Rose, Bowl, uh, Rose Bowl MVP. Defensive MVP, yeah. Defensive MVP. Him and Brian um, Haskins. Brendan White enters his name to the transfer portal. So that does not necessarily mean he's transferring. Mm-hmm. That means he's looking. But he did not travel with the th- team. To the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. Um, he, he did for Michigan, but he didn't for the Big Ten Championship. So I think that's pretty telling. Um, it's just tough because his dad played at Ohio State, so it's kind of, you know, I'm sure it's been really hard. And his dad was going through cancer last year, wasn't he? I'm not sure. I know there was a huge story with his dad. And sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, I, I'm just not sure. Um, I'm sure it's been a, you know, a tough pill for him to swallow, you know, deciding that, you know, this, this wasn't right for him. He's a junior right now, so um, he might be at his, you know, he, he might be looking into his Future like if if he has any chance of playing in the NFL, maybe the Buckeyes aren't aren't right for him. You know, yeah. Um, it's just crazy that that you could be so high and so low. You know, in the mm. within a year, it's it's not even been a year since he became uh he was the defensive MVP of that game, and everybody coming into this year was like he he was in that list of names like to look out for, and and really was supposed to be a key component of our team this year, and it really just came down to you know Ryan Day, I think just likes Pete Werner more, you know? Mm. I mean, Brendan White was supposed to be that cover guy who could tackle, and I think that they just saw more utility with Pete Werner, um, him being kind of like a three-down three linebacker, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but I understand where Brendan White was coming from in, in this situation, and, I, you know, you can't blame a guy um, for wanting to explore his options, especially when you can't get on the field yeah. as a junior at Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was really sad because 
they basically like made a position for him going into the season because he kind of blew up at the end of the last year because of the fact that Jordan Fuller got uh, suspended for a game after getting uh, ejected and then like allowed Brandon White to play more. Uh, Sean Wade was kind of like going in and out of cornerback safety, so he got to go in whenever right. Sean Wade was at corner. So it allowed him to kind of really sh- uh, show what his talents were. But once Sean Wade and Jordan Fuller were back at their top levels this year, it kind of left Brandon White without a starting position. But they made that monster back position this year, which was put like a huge talking point on the offseason. Um, and I was like super excited to see what was going to go on with that. And Brandon White started off in that position. I think he started the first like two games maybe. Um, I know he played in the I'm first game. Sure. I couldn't tell you exactly, but and then he just disappeared. I I mean like I, there was a couple times where I was like, wait, what happened to him? And I just yeah. never got an answer. Like no, like it was one of the bigger mysteries of this year. And I, I think someone brought up a good point. This year has actually been really mysterious. Like they didn't really talk about like if anyone wasn't playing like. They really kept a lot of the injuries or like Even starting like decisions. The like, Michigan game, I remember like Sean, Sean Wade being a game playing. time decision to just not playing. Yeah, like no, there wasn't really like any talk about that. They kept a lot of things under wrap, but like not in a bad way, but still like, um, you like last year for example, like Mike Weber, he sat out that one game, but as soon as the game was over, you found out why. You know, right? Like there was always a very level like clearance with everyone that was a fan, so it was different to see that. Um, it's very sad to see him possibly go. I I, I would assume that he goes. I don't think. Yeah, he'll stay. I, I think it's a safe assumption. Um, I mean, because even if Jordan like Jordan Floor is leaving, he's gonna graduate. Sean Wade has a potential of going to the draft, so like it leaves him a perfect shot to start at safety. But our entire linebackers group is staying, except for Nick Harrison. Mm-hmm. So if he wants to play linebacker, there's nowhere for him to play now. So, but even if like he gets a starting position here. I think it's just that whole disrespect he feels and not feeling, like, correctly valued. I would understand if he leaves. I'm just curious to see where he'll go. If he'll go to another big program Mm. or if he'll maybe go to, like, a smaller school where he can start right away. Or, like I said, we'll go to a big program where you might potentially have to fight for a Mm. position and potentially lose, you know? Exactly. Um, It's weird because, like, you don't usually see a big guy like him, an MVP, leave like that. Yeah. Especially – and, like, you don't see – Someone go to a better program either after from Ohio State. There's not much you can go up. I mean, the only one that has gone like parallel is like Justin Fields to Ohio State from Georgia Ohio State. But even Joe that Burrow. wasn't really much because he was getting an upgrade still because he went from backup to starting. Yeah. Joe Burrow and then Jalen Hurts. Yep. Other, I mean, but like that's because it's a quarterback. They're valued a lot differently. Yeah, and they're you know, and some this has nothing to do with Brendan White, but something that. Really quick, you don't even have to respond. But Joe Burrow said his final three schools to transfer to were LSU, uh, University of North Carolina, and the University of Cincinnati. Imagine that. Oh, jeez. I know. Imagine if you're a UC That's fan a right now. That's a really, really random group. <laughs> yeah, if you're a UC fan, you literally have to be, like, kicking the wall, yeah. punching bricks because <laughs> that could have been you. Go ahead. Continue. Um, no, I, I'm not going to say much else. I mean, uh, it's a very sad story if he goes because – the potential he had and what he did give to us last year. We were year super was excited awesome. about him coming to these. I know me and you in particular were very I mean, excited. he, like, made our defense, like, significantly better because we were had one of the worst defenses in, in recent history for Ohio State last year, and we got it a lot better ever since he started playing. Um, just, like, his excitement level. Like, he was, like, 
I enjoyed watching him when he was playing. Honestly, like, I remember, the, like watching him and, and seeing like how great he was. But, um, he played well in the Basic Championship at Rose Bowl. But um, he was the the second father son duo to start the Rose Bowl, so he's in my history books for that. And uh, just to correct what I said earlier, his dad uh, was diagnosed with ALS. Oh, uh, okay. Lou Gehrig Dang, disease. That's so, sad. Yeah, no cure to that, but um. <laughs> So it was it was extremely sad. Like they gave a game ball to him last year, um, but we we definitely embraced him extremely well, and uh, he'll be missed. I wish sure. him luck in whichever he decides. Hopefully, we find out um, soon. It's definitely one that we'll be paying attention to a lot to. It'll, I can't imagine anyone bigger going in the transfer portal from Ohio State. Nope, I me either. Expe- like you said, especially the story behind him and, and the success that he has had here. Yeah. Um, moving on to another situation very similar. Uh, another guy leaving the Ohio State program. But this time it is not a player. It's actually a coach. Not in a weird way at all. Not, yeah, yeah, not in a weird way at all. So uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You introduce it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jeff Hefley, uh, former NFL coach with the 49ers. Um, came here was it, this was his first year coaching with yep. us co-defensive coordinator he coached the defensive backs um, and obviously did an amazing job like our secondary probably the best in the country this year I mean that's not even any bias aside like I mean that's a thing I've seen very commonly right uh, in the uh, somehow Damon Arnett got him I heard that Damon Arnett played himself into the first round I still don't believe that but I don't think so either but he's definitely draftable top 10 he's corner been, being drafted next he's year. he's draftable oh yeah again, somehow like he had no draft stock at last year and he was about to go into the draft and last minute decided not to best decision he's ever made <laughs> honestly like, i i just wish he like if he could just have a better temperament he could be a lot better he gets himself like he talks trash on every play he really does and he does not like jeff akuda never says anything and nope. jeff akuda has every right to talk trash <laughs> um but and then he's done an awesome job with Jeff Okuda. Even him, like he was expected to be a a first round pick, but not a top five pick like he is now. Um, so he, I mean, like I kind of expected him to not stay long, especially with his NFL experience. Um, he was a bunch. He, 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 I think he was ready for a head coaching job like that. And I'm yeah sure he won't be the last guy from this coaching staff to leave. I mean, he'd be the only guy. Um, I'm sure Brian Hartline has some aspirations to eventually get to a higher position right um but yeah he leaves to go to be the head coach of boston college he's already been introduced as the head coach but he even like in his press conference he said sorry guys i'm not gonna be doing any work with my head coaching position i'm now i'm strictly focused on winning a national championship with ohio state right now which i thought that was awesome to see you know i have to say that he did not have to say it at all but he did when is the last time that a coach was going committed to be a head coach somewhere else when we were in the CFP and we won the national championship. Tom Herman. Tom Herman. <laughs> that was kind of a I worded yeah. that super wrong, but you know what I was trying to <laughs> uh-huh. say. One other time a coach has committed to be a head coach when we were in the CFP, and that year that that happened, we won the, uh, the Natty. That's true. I mean, we haven't had a coach leave for Ramos to go to be a big uh, a head coach since Tom Herman, right? Yeah. Like Luke Fickle was before Tom Herman, right? Yep. Uh, he didn't. He didn't start with Cincinnati. He coached some. Uh, no, some he he left to go to Cincinnati. Did he? Yeah. Okay. I thought he started off somewhere first. That was in twenty 
16 though. That was okay. okay so that was two years. So after he's the most recent then. Yeah. Well, Shiano left to go to Sh- Patriots, and now he's going to be the Rutgers head coach. So, but he didn't leave. But he didn't. We we just let him go. We didn't hire him. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. So Shiano kind of sucked, anyways. Yeah, and now he's going to be the Rutgers head coach. Yeah. Shiano, so that's man. another story. We did not. We were not going to talk about because Luke much, Fickle but. went to Cincinnati while we were in college. He was there. He was at Ohio State our freshman year. Yeah, he and it, he started off as a Cincinnati head coach in twenty seventeen. Yeah, and he actually is probably uh, one of the top um, coaching candidates, head coaching candidates right now in oh, yeah. uh, college football. Cincinnati is like known to be a very good stepping stone. Oh yeah, definitely. Brian Kelly mm-hmm. started there. Um, yeah. not started there, but he he went through there. I know he didn't go straight to Notre Dame, did he? Yeah, I think he, I, he did. did. I'm he? pretty okay. sure he did. And somebody else really big went from Cincinnati to um <laughs> we got our stat guy looking at our <laughs> Um but yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty good stepping stone. And I think that Luke Fickle wasn't supposed to be like the long term guy. Yeah. Um Yeah. Butch Jones, <laughs> Brian Kelly, Mark D'Antonio. Mark D'Antonio, that's who I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, Mark D'Antonio. I, I knew there was another one, yeah, I forgot about that. Um not about. I mean, there's probably like a lot of the other coaches on this list are probably a big deal, but just not popping. Urban out. Meyer went to school at UC. Did he undergrad? Yeah, he played football at UC. So okay, yeah, yeah. That's where his first coaching I job it was. Bowling was. Green. Oh, it probably was. Bowling he did Green. coach at Bowling Green though. He was a head coach. He was probably like a GA at UC. His first year That's, out or yeah. something. Um, but yeah, so um, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on Jeff Helfley, how he does next year. Um, Ryan Day has come out and said that he will get the best coach in America for that position. Yeah, that was literally so. his like first reaction to yeah. it, which is kind of crazy. So I'm I'm excited actually. And yeah. he says he doesn't expect any of our other assistant coaches to leave, so it should be the only guy we have to rehire in this offseason. Um, a lot of people were expecting Al Washington to leave with him and go on to, um, go on to coach with uh, Jeff Huffley at. Um, Boston College, but that's not true. I mean, that doesn't seem to be true according to Ryan Day, and uh, wouldn't make sense to personally, anyways. Right. Um, but also with um, Boston College is kind of interesting because that's where Ryan Day started off as an assistant mm-hmm. coach. Mm-hmm. So a little history in, into that one, um, maybe even like helped him get his foot in the door with Boston College. I know that he was trying to get that position anyways. It wasn't like they came to him right away or anything like that. Um, so yeah. Um, Good luck to him. Yeah, good luck to him. I'm excited to see who they're going to bring in. I couldn't even tell you who uh, would be on the radar. I haven't really been paying attention, to be honest. But may, I'm sure they'll find a, a very qualified candidate. I wouldn't be surprised if we get another NFL guy. You think? I mean, because there's a lot of turnover. Maybe, in like, a, maybe like a college head coach like at a smaller program or something. Like, I mean, that's possible, too. Maybe yeah. like Memphis. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I mean, but. like it, we talked about it a bunch last year. Ryan Day's hires were phenomenal. It's I, hard to go from head coach, though, to a coordinator again, I feel like. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm not saying the NFL head coach. No, I know, yeah. I know what you're saying. I'm saying like Memphis is that coach. I don't know. Oh, gotcha. I'm just gotcha. saying like that's yeah. just an example of a, a smaller school team. They, that only happens if they fail at that position and get yeah. fired usually. Yeah. Like Steve Wilkes, for example, in the NFL. What about what – about, this has nothing to do – I'm sorry, just a quick question. Mm. The Browns getting Matt Rule, Baylor's head coach. That Matt, would be Matt, Matt Rule is, is, is that dude. 
I know, but I think they just have too he's, much talent. He's the king turnaround. He's I think. King I think he. I feel like you don't want a college coach in their situation right now. Though. That's true. I think they have too much talent. Too much want, risk. Like you want someone that's gonna. Like I feel like college coaches are better when you're starting off your program, like with the 49ers. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan wasn't like a college guy, but the he Browns was like, like Kyle Shanahan, not man. Oh, I know. He was not an NF, like he wasn't. He didn't have head coaching experience, so you develop someone that doesn't have experience. You know, the Browns why, really like, let Kyle Shanahan go. That's why Freddie Kitchens. Like when when I look back at it, I'm I, I regret liking that decision <laughs> just because I'm th- like, I don't know. We're not a Browns podcast, yeah. so we won't get into yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, shout out to Jeff Halfley. Good for you. Um, Best of luck to I, him. I'm excited to see who they'll bring out. All right, next. Whew, we're about halfway. We're about halfway through the podcast right now. Next, finally, on potential staying or leaving. Um, this one's kind of silly, but uh, Chase Young was obviously in New York this past weekend for the Heisman uh, ceremony. And TMZ Sports, of all news outlets, yeah. said, Chase, uh, have you ever given any thought about staying in school? And what did Chase say? It's my plan to stay. He said, that's the plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um and when I heard that, I was like, whoa, like Chase Young plans of staying, on school, staying yeah. in school. Um, I mean, a lot of us just laughed it off. Like, come on, don't tease us now. Yeah, Chase. right. Come right. on, don't tease us. Um, it eventually came out that he said that he misunderstood the question, which it seemed pretty straightforward, but I can understand. If you watch the video, he seems like he was pretty uninterested in answering that He was that just walking question. around New York City yeah, and it, it just wasn't got called a- Supergirl, which is what TMZ does. They yeah. don't interview you. They just catch you off guard, and that's... That's how they get get the big headlines. Though. You can you can watch the video and it's probably like a 40 sec, 45 second long clip and they ambush him like four times oh, yeah. in that 45 mm-hmm. seconds. So uh, you could tell that he was pretty uninterested with TMZ. He was not like in any sort of formal interviewing yeah. setting. He college was literally athletes, walking around with his mom. And yeah, college athletes usually do not have to deal with TMZ. Like yeah. That. yeah. So they're not yeah. used to it. So um, it seemed like pretty, pretty much a joke, but yeah. uh, it, it was... For a second there, I was pretty excited, but at the same time, I think any reasonable Buckeye fan was like, Chase, go get your money, bro. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it, You can never... We're already prepared for you to leave, so yeah. we're not ready to change it up again. <laughs> right. Uh, go get your money while it's still mm-hmm. available. But um, if Chase Young were to stay, how would you feel about that? I mean, that would be psyched, obviously. He's going to... I mean, he would break every record then. Because yeah, he's easily. only like... I think he's like... Uh, Seven away from breaking uh, the all-time uh, sack record by, by the by goat, Mike Vrabel. By the goat, Mike yeah. Vrabel. Uh, so he would like almost definitely break that. And I like that's the thing with him. Like Dwayne Haskins, like he had to leave last year because that was like the peak of his potential for the Absolutely. draft. Like I don't think that he might it might have gone down honestly if he had like a little bit more of a rough year this year. Where with Chase Young. I think he could do not like absolutely nothing next year and still be a top five pick. The thing that's is, the thing though, that's different with him. He he could. The thing with Chase Young though is that he could absolutely come out and be just as dominant next year, and he still might not go number one overall. You know, just because quarterbacks are just yeah so yeah, yeah right. So like a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields might still go number one overall, and ju- and Chase Young is going to most likely go number two. So his stock could literally not get any higher right now. Yeah. It literally could not get any higher. Is where Dwayne's potentially It could only could, stay even. Yeah. It could really only stay even, you know. The only reason I could think of it being any different is like because that's the thing too, like next year you still have Justin Fields, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence and Jake Fromm if Jake Fromm stays, which after having a pretty lackluster year, he might stay. I think um, he's gonna leave though. 
There's a chance, but there, his stock has dr- dropped drastically. They've said like he was went from a top five pick to I, like not even first round. Quick, quick uh, like quickly though, I think with Jake Fromm, I think he's gonna be like a pro day like warrior guy, like a like well, a Mitch possible, Trubisky yeah. guy, like mm-hmm. where his he just absolutely blows up at his pro day. Yeah, I, that's what I think about Jake mm-hmm. Fromm. But go ahead, continue. He he is a very like he's very uh, he's a very good fundamentally like, sound guy. right yeah right i think he's just gonna be like one of those guys that once people see him throw the ball mm. no pads on air against Maybe. open I, be surprised. I think that his stock's just gonna That's soar true. after that mm. but go ahead but I, I was gonna say was like if if joe burrow works out and Tua works out and a lot of these other quarterbacks work out i wouldn't be surprised though if he did get first overall pick because of that um because say Joe Burrow's really good, but they don't win in a bunch of games. Bengals get first overall pick again. They take Chase Young. You know, or something like that. Like, That's true. Um, or the That's Giants, true. Daniel Jones starts working out more or something, and they get first overall pick. I don't know. Because, it, like, they don't, it's pretty yeah. easy to assume that next year the first overall pick is probably about the same. One of the, it's going to be one of the teams that are top five right now. Like, as in, like, top five picks right now. Like, Redskins, Giants, Dolphins, Bengals, mm-hmm. um, or who else is there? Um, or the Lions. And Lions... So, I how many quarterbacks do you think are going to go this year? We have, for sure, In Burrow. the first round? And yeah, like, how many franchise guys? It won't be as much as last year. Burrow? I mean, uh, last year or two. Two years ago is what I mean. Um, yeah, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Herbert. So those are three, those are teams that are going to draft their quarterback and like, that's going to be their future. Exactly. But Tua's not going to go early first round. So we, so we're really only talking about Herbert and, and, um, Burrow right now. Yeah. So, I mean, let's get into the mock draft a little bit here. Um, okay. I mean, there's not much else to say about, um, Chase Young, I mean, like we, we, I think it's pretty easy to say he's gonna, he's gonna leave, um, but so Tom McShay came out with his first mock draft of the mock draft season, and he had Joe Burrow first overall, as expected, um, and then he had Chase Young number two, awesome to see that, um, which is why we all expect him to leave. I mean, yeah, how could you not? You can't really get like the difference of pay between second and first is. Not big enough to stay. I think it's a million dollars. Yeah, maybe not even. Um, third, Jerry Judy from Alabama, which is crazy to see because that's one of the top, the highest drafted uh, wide receivers probably since like John Ross, and he did not work out well. But Jerry Judy, much better. Um, Jerry Judy's a freak. Yeah, he is. Uh, Tua fourth to... See, I don't, I don't think Tua's going to go that high. I, me personally. So um, I, that's something that I was listening to Tom McShay in an interview talk about with Tua is that a lot of people thought, okay, with his injury, he might uh, sink down a little bit. But they think that Tua's raw talent is just phenomenal enough. Like, they think that if he wasn't injured, they probably would have had him above Joe Burrow still. Even yeah. with how Joe Burrow That's was. That's fair. So they said that just his raw talent, like how he and makes he's everyone two years younger. even. Like, yeah, they, like, they said the only reason that he could get down a little bit is if he has more complications with the hip. If he ends up not being able to play in, like, the pro day or something like that, mm-hmm. then maybe it'll go down. And but, I don't think he will. Like, that's the thing. Like, he has a really exactly. significant hip injury. Like, it's but we'll a, see. It's I mean, that, only uh, time could tell. They just think that his talents could be uh, immediately, pl- like, yeah, played on the NFL level. 
Uh, he has two is better than Kellen Murray in my opinion, but that's mm. that's like I said, that's just my opinion. And then they had Jeff Akuda. Shout out Jeff Akuda at fifth overall. Um, Going that's to the huge. Lions. Yeah, Ugh. not a great position, but he'd be opposite Darius Slay, who yeah. was a is a Pro Bowler. He's one of the best corners um, in football. But uh, big play t- Slay. They talk about him. Um, he has all the tools to be a number one corner in the NFL and would be the sixth Buckeye defense back in the past five years to go in round one. Yep. That's awesome to see. DBU. And the past one was Denzel Ward, fourth overall. So um, continuing with that top five prominence. Um, we'll go into every pick. But other uh, quarterbacks, Justin Herbert was 10th overall. To the Chargers. I love that. I would like to see that. I um, love that. Kind of uh, either make Phillip Rivers step up a little bit more towards the end of his career or get him out of there. So yeah, no other quarterbacks were taken in the first round. The only other ones that McShay talks about possible first round picks are... Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason, but he still says they're they need to show a little bit more to get into that first round. Doesn't expect to see it happen. So, kind of a low quarterback uh, year when you look at the past two years. Or uh, like four first round last year, and they're like five la- uh, two years ago. Um, which which with uh, Lamar Jackson being the last one in the first round, which is crazy to think about now. Right. <laughs> Um, but Any, anything can happen, guys. Exactly. In the NFL. Mm-hmm. But the the other OSU big one was J.K. Dobbins getting uh, drafted thirty first overall in the first round. He was the second running back taken in the first overall, and surprisingly enough, not the uh, the other one was not Jonathan Taylor. So it's really awesome to see him above Jonathan Taylor right. after us talking about how Jonathan Taylor <laughs> should be a great NFL running back. So he was behind DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Um, but they talk about how J.K. is just his high value from the season um, and the way he can be a versatile offensive weapon um, really adds a lot of strength to other teams. So I would love to see him uh, get the first round. That would be three first-round guys. Uh, last year we only had two, right? With uh, Bosa and Haskins. Yeah, Bosa and Haskins. So uh, better than last year already, I'll take it. With uh, people... Potentially going off at maybe Jordan Fuller, um, someone sneak up there. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Damon Arnett. Be like a Terry McLaurin from last year. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll definitely be keeping up on the draft. We'll talk more about that after our season is over, about guys who are going to the draft, saying goodbye to different players. And uh, we really get into the draft, so we'll have a lot of fun with that. All right. Thank you, Dustin, for that. Moving on, let's talk about... Something really quickly, um, two things that are very important to – well, one thing that's very important to us, something that we've been really tracking since the last year, and that is finally K.J. Hill becomes the all-time reception leader at Ohio State. Dustin got to see it in person, as you guys know, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome watching it on TV. Um, we knew it was going to happen eventually. It was getting very close to the end when yeah. it was really – count but uh according to dustin they didn't really make a big hoopla about it they didn't talk about it at all um i'm sure if it was at the shoe they probably would have yeah but because of it being in the big 10 they probably didn't want to talk about it like it's not a big 10 record it's only a osu record right um so it's kind of unfortunate but yeah that was awesome we've been talking about it forever like you literally said. yeah it's been forever we like for sure since the beginning of this year literally this season like after e- almost every game we were saying he's this amount away this amount away now i mean that was one of my bold predictions which was not bold in our opinion was that he was going to pass the record but 
We thought it was going to be a lot sooner than this. Oh, yeah. But considering I mean, how he was last year. year. Yeah. Um, he had an insane year last year with 70 catches. I don't think he came anywhere close to that this year. Yeah, he needed last year for this year to happen. Exactly. Um, so it was awesome. Very quiet uh, guy that will go into the history books. Not someone that people will probably remember as often in, t- in the future. But I know we will, that's for sure. Yeah, it's... A special, it was a special moment for Ohio State fans, and um, I'm just happy we won. Yeah, I, ho- I hope they kind of talk about that more in the future and give him more respect. Then there was like one tweet about it. I just really, he deserves yeah, more. I agree. All right, moving on. Uh, something that we just thought was kind of funny and worth mentioning here was uh, um, the, the the college football playoffs. Obviously, as you guys know, Ohio State is in as the second team, and um, there was a coaches meeting ish thing on e- for ESPN, right? Yeah. It was just like coaches talk about their team and I don't even really know what it was. Cause I didn't really watch it. Um, I don't know if, did you watch it? Yeah. It was or? just kind of like an interview, like panel thing. Yeah. I didn't was... watch it at all. I don't know what they were talking about. Um, but, um, Ed Orgeron for LSU was there. Um, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley was there for Oklahoma, and Dabo Sweeney was there for Clemson, but someone was missing. What? A, what? A, first of all, before we say who was missing, <laughs> what? It, it, you must have an awesome name to be an NFL head coach. Ed Ogeron, Coach O. College football. So I, that's what I mean. What did I say? NFL. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean NFL. For NFL, you can have any name. Mm. Actually, pretty simple names. Um, Coach O, Ed Orgeron, Lincoln Riley, and Dabo Swinney, or Sweeney, either how, however you pronounce it still. <laughs> and we end up with the most boring coach's name. <laughs> and the one coach who wasn't there, Mr. Ryan Day. Yeah. The best coach in college football. Not, not a joke at all. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. But um, the reason that's significant is, one, because uh, the reason why he wasn't there is because he was recruiting. Yeah, it wasn't because he just didn't feel like showing up. Yeah. Like, some people probably assumed. For those guys, the the grind literally never stops, mm. you know? And um, I actually heard a story very similar to Coach O, or very similar for Coach O, uh, for the SEC Championship, the whole week, a few days before the SEC Championship game, and a few, game, a few days after the SEC Championship, being in Atlanta, uh, Coach O was doing house visits. Yeah. You know, and it's like literally the biggest game of this guy's career up to this point as a coach, and he's recruiting for next year, you know, and the year after that or whatever. Yeah, they, just, they, like they even asked Ed Ogeron, they're like, how much time have you been able to like prepare for the Oklahoma game or like how much time have you had to enjoy the moment that you won the Coach of the Year award, that you – that your player won Heisman, all this stuff. And he's like, not really at all because nope. I'm focused on how I'm recruiting. Yep. You know, like, yep. the grind literally never stops. And that's that's the crazy thing that people think of, like, don't think about when comparing, like, NFL head coach to the college football coach. Um, the, the NFL coach, they don't have nine or, like, seven months a year off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but technically, they do, you know. They, they it's just, just not as serious, I guess you could the, say. The, yeah. For college football, the football season – is probably the calmest time for them, really, yeah. mm-hmm. because uh, the rest of the year they're recruiting their butts off, traveling around all around the country, and uh, trying to get these guys to build a program. I mean, being a college football head coach is literally a 24-7, 365 job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, if you, like, the only, the only guy really at NFL that you could say, like, works 24-7 like that 
is like Bill Belichick because not only does Cheating. he love it, because <laughs> not only does he love it, but he's also the GM of the team. Yeah. So he literally is doing the recruiting aspect, basically of a college position. Like, yeah. So it, his situation is different. Where you look at someone like, I don't know, like um. Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens, yeah. I, he was different. I don't want to say it because he probably doesn't do it anywhere near everyone That's else, what I was going to say. Where uh, he probably doesn't do any work. But, really. like, anytime he doesn't have to be in the office, he is. Like, I mean, like, they talk about Hugh Jackson. As soon as it hit 5 o'clock, he would yep. leave. <laughs> like, yep. as soon as it hit 5 with, o'clock uh, for Ryan Day, that's probably when he goes does, go, do, goes to do his house visits. <laughs> yep, right. And it's it really is crazy. And uh, that's why I, it's like that. I think it personally would be way harder to be a college head coach. Um some people would probably disagree, but uh, you you have to respect it, and that's how you just build a great program. Yeah, um, like Ohio State has been for so many years. You know, is is being out there grinding and getting those recruits, um, and you have to imagine that those guys appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, Coach Day has a huge game this week, and he's here visiting me and my family. So it shows you how much they care. I mean, and I think even see if you if someone were to see that. He was at their house the night of that event, and they saw that he wasn't there, and they they saw that this guy put me ahead of that. Yeah. The chance to be talking to other people and being interviewed along like on this, like I don't know, it's probably a big deal. It's ESPN. Right. Like so, it, it's kind of cool that he said screw ESPN as well, but still, um, and he chose to stay at your house to talk to you. That just kind of goes to show how important that player is. And I know that if I saw that, I would be like, man, Dabo Sweeney said, no, I'm not going to come see you tonight. I'm going to go on TV. Right. Where Ryan Day took the time out of his and, – and said no to that instead. I think that really goes to show that, like, I'm going to stay. Where I think that's like kind of the difference between Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer probably one of the best recruiters of all time. Yeah. Urban Meyer probably would still be a going at ESPN thing. He probably would not have done what Ryan Day did. So Ryan Day, a step on the right path for sure. All right, that yeah, we just thought that was something funny and and worth noting. Yeah, um, we're kind of wrapping up the show here. We want I want to bring up two more things. Uh, if you have anything else as well, um, the last thing Ohio State football wise I want to bring up is the Pro Bowl selections came out today. Mm. Uh, today is currently December eighteenth. It is a Wednesday. Uh, this episode should come out tomorrow, which will be. Actually, right now, we're actually recording this on the 17th. It's actually past midnight, so that's why it's the 18th right now. Um, the episode should come out the 18th. Um, and six Buckeyes got voted into the Pro Bowl. Uh, both Bosa bros, actually, they were the two highest rated DNs in college football. And it's or, and the NFL. <laughs> Sorry, it's past midnight. I'm loopy. Um, and it's awesome because... Uh, they are AFC and NFC, so they will be, mm. um, you know, on an opposing team. So that'll be really interesting. Uh, Cam Hayward for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback, uh, New Orleans Saints, who I thought was actually having a down year this year, but he, um, obviously bounced back really nicely. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, obviously, and the goat himself, Michael Thomas. Um, just had an amazing game again on Monday night. I mean, he's on pace. I think he needs eight more receptions to pass Marvin Harrison. Is it Marvin Harrison? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, as the all-time reception leader in a season. um, He's going to absolutely crush that because they have two games left. Yeah. So that's really cool. Michael Thomas is slowly becoming uh, one of the greatest receivers to ever play the game, and he's only – 
in his fourth year, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I, I think I think they really nailed it. I'm trying to think of any guys that I can think of that got snubbed. OSU was not really. Um, you said Cameron Hayward got it, right? Cam. Mm. The only guys that I think of that play, that start really. Mully um, Terry McCorn. Oh, that's oh, yeah. that's that might be a snub. But the only problem with him is that I mean he, the first half was much better than the second half. Uh, he did not lead rookies in receiving yards. AJ, AJ Brown, Brown ended up passing him later on. Yeah. Um, but he did lead them in, in touch receptions and touchdowns. Yep. I think. Yeah. Um, and he was only like twenty yards behind AJ Brown. So exactly. Yeah. Very small difference. Um, but the thing with Terry McLaurin is just he plays, probably the most like popular position wise like knowing the most players besides quarterback yeah so i mean in his the guys that got they voted for three four wide receivers the guys that voted above got voted above him julio jones mike evans chris godwin and michael thomas tough to beat them (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah you have to have an insane season to pass them luckily luckily though as we were talking about before the podcast is that uh, a lot of those guys are on Pro Bowl teams, or oh, Super Bowl possible teams, playoff teams. Yeah. Man, I'm just, I'm just. Wide receivers a little different though because Falcons and Buccaneers. They're not, not gonna in get the in. They're not gonna get in. So but... that's three of them. But Michael Thomas, potential Super Bowl player, right there. Yeah. Um. They. I know they're coming for it big time after getting. Uh, well, you say was Mike Evans one. Yeah, Mike Evans. Well, Mike Evans is hurt. So and Chris Godwin's not... a little banged up right now, too. Yeah, so, so they could both guys... decide not to play. If Absolutely. Play and Julio's in his 700th year, so <laughs> he might not decide. So all four of those guys could potentially not actually play in the Pro Bowl. Mm. Um, which... Less and less people are playing, honestly. It's yeah. Kind of... And, I mean, they still get the Pro Bowl title, so, like... It doesn't matter at all, yeah. Yeah. They like, can I... still go to it and have the vacation I think play. it's a pretty good chance that... Terry McLaurin might come in as like the eighth best receiver in the NFC. I'm curious to see if he's an alternative or like where at it in the list of alternative yeah. alternatives. Yeah, so there's still a chance, I would I mean, say. I mean, I mean, Redskins fans had to have voted for the Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. and he probably was the most voted rookie. Uh, well, he might probably was the most voted Redskin player in general. Absolutely. So like every Redskins fan probably should have voted for him. I mean, he's incredible. He's at a, the best. Season right behind Nick Bosa of OSU players, probably, uh, rookie-wise. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I was going to say maybe even better, but yeah. Nick Bosa's it, literally killing it. Yeah. Um, the Hopefully. only thing I'm kind of sad about with the Pro Bowl-wise is the fact that a couple years back, which I really liked this, I'm kind of sad they went back to it, was when they did the captains thing. Yeah. And then they would pick teams like that. I kind of thought that was cool. Kind of more like a playground aspect, which was really cool to me. And that could have been cool. Having Joy Bosa and Nick Bosa on the same team, Ooh. both starters, because they never played together at OSU. Mm-hmm. So that would have been really cool to have them on opposite sides coming in. Maybe in the getting future. Getting both a sack, a sack assist or something like that. Yeah, the Bosa bros. Mm-hmm. It's definitely possible in the future. Maybe one of them uh, doesn't get signed back to a team, goes somewhere else. Yeah. Goes to the same conference. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I could see the Chargers possibly not wanting to pay after they don't pay. They don't pay. Uh-oh. They do not like to pay their players. Exactly. So I mean, Philbert never had a really big contract. At I all. think Bosa still has two more years. Well, you have he's four the years. same contract as Zeke, and Zeke only had one more year after this one. They might have signed him a new extension, actually. Maybe. Well, because you get four years, mm-hmm. and then I think you have a player option or a team option. Uh, yeah, you're if you're contract. a first rounder. Yeah. If you're a first rounder, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but. Uh, 
yeah, that's interesting. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, they did exercise his fifth-year option. So is he going to be a free agent next year? Um, I'll pull it up. Uh, but um, do you want to get into the – before? I, I did want to uh, bring up the football awards – uh, OSU guys that won awards. He will be a free agent in 2021. So he's got one more year with the Chargers, and then he'll be a free agent. What so, is that? He Oh, okay. He'll be an unrestricted free Only $720,000 he's going to make this year? Uh, yeah, I guess so. But his signing but bonus is... Yeah. Wow. So, but his next year's salary is $14 million. Mm-hmm. Good that for him. That option is really big, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> He wants them to That's why they wanted to get signed Zeke, probably. Because <laughs> they are going to be paying him a bunch, probably, before the contract. But, yeah. Um, that's really weird because his contract was four years, $25 million. That's a weird way to split it. 720000 after having – I mean, it went up every year. I don't know. Contracts are weird. I'm not a cap guru. Yeah. But, uh, so, awards real quick. Um, OSU representatives uh, – Ryan Day was a finalist for Coach of the Year. He lost to Ed Orgeron. J.K. Dobbins was a finalist for Running Back of the Year, but he lost to Jonathan Taylor. Um, so was, being a finalist is awesome anyways. doesn't matter. Um, but uh, Chase Young won the Dergersky Award, uh, which was really cool because he went up there with uh, James Laurinaitis. He was the, pat, the, the most recent OSU player to win that award. So it was yeah. cool. He won that one. And then he also won, won the Blankoff Award. I think I said that right. I think it's like Belikoff. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that, I yeah. I don't know. But he, that's the best defensive player in the country. He won that award. Um, and then um, Justin Fields was his finalist for quarterback of the year, but he lost to Joe Burrow, obviously. Um, but Jeff Okuda, the one that I was super uh, confused by this, and a lot, I'm not the only one to be confused by it, but he lost the Jim Thorpe Award. Uh, which was best defensive back in the country. He lost it to um, LSU's safety. Grant Delphi. Yeah. Delphit. Grant Delphit, not even a first-team All-American. Yeah. Was a second-team All-American. Jeff Okuda was a first-team All-American. So really confusing how that happened. I don't know, a little bit of SEC favoritism. I don't know, but even if you just look at the back of the film – Jeff Kuda not burnt a single time. Never gave up more than 50 yards to a receiver against him. Um, people barely threw to him because of that. The only people that challenged him was Michigan, and they were very sorry for it because nothing was uh, caught against him. And where Delpit, if you look at his film, he got burnt quite Often. a bit, even against Ole Miss, yeah. who does not have the guy that they had last year like Debo Either Samuel of the guys. And DK Metcalf. They had Debo Samuel, right? They had A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, AJ Brown and D.K. Metcalf. They don't have anything like that they, this year, and they got, he got burned against them. So really, um, really weird to see that. On a side note, have you ever, like, looked up Jim Thorpe? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Literally. Like, he's an awesome guy to look up. Seriously. Just, like, watching film or stats? No, he played in, like, the 20s. Okay. Yeah, he. There's, I don't think there's film on him. Okay, but I figured. Like, I'm just... he, he's, like... You just have to look it up. He was like he's a he's half Native American, mm. and he is like, you just have to look it up. I can't right. even. I, I don't want to say that. anything wrong, but <laughs> he was just like a crazy track star, like uh, okay. ninety thousand sport athlete, athlete uh-huh. like the best 
and he was like Native American, so he was like, yeah, it was just he was a he's a big, uh, he broke a lot of barriers to get into sports, you know. That was cool. Yeah, and he's like the Mister Athlete, you know. Mm. It's it's a great sport, or it's a great, uh, you know, award named after him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of the awards aren't named after like very recent players. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the Nagurski Award is not like one that's on like the college football award night it's a it has its own separate thing but that one even is a partner now with charles woodson so it's the woodson nagurski award um i don't think there's really many other recent award winner names otherwise right um all right now we can get into basketball though yeah quickly very quickly mm. um the ohio state basketball team right now is currently ranked third they were ranked third yeah now, okay now, it switched today or yesterday? Yesterday. They, okay. got, they got moved down to five. Okay. And that is because... Yeah, we lost to Minnesota yeah. on uh, Sunday night. Our it first was, road Big Ten game. And our first loss yeah. of the season. Yeah. Um, we, it really wasn't competitive. Um, we were missing our leading scorer, Dwayne Washington Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, he really does provide a spark plug for us, um, which was interesting. He also missed the game tonight. So we played Seco tonight. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Southeast Missouri or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, oh, Se- Semo, Semo, yeah. Um, and they actually hung around with us and we were going blow, blow for blow with us in the first half. Second half, we really pulled away. Um, Ended up winning eighty to forty-eight. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we crushed them like mm-hmm. how we had been. But the thing with Dwayne Washington is, do you know how he got hurt? I don't know. Do you know what his injury is? No. Okay. So he has a rib. I know he was injury. like kind of like a last minute scratch before yeah. the Minnesota game. He he has a rib injury. Mm. Um and and to be honest, he probably could have went tonight. He probably could have went against Minnesota. I think it was more precautionary. Um, I think he is supposed to go this weekend against Kentucky. We really do need him. Mm. But anyways, Tate's already this weekend. Thanks. He has a rib injury and he got it from coughing too hard. He had a really bad cough apparently, and he strained a muscle in his side. Um, so they so they benched him um, in order to let that heal up, and I'm sure that they uh, could have used him, you know, mightily against Minnesota, and they thought mm-hmm. that he wouldn't be an issue. Um, but I don't know his name, but the one Minnesota player dropped like 35 points on us. Yeah, Carr, I think is his last yeah, name. Yeah, like he that, went off. He's the best player. Um, um, it's kind of like the curse of being a top three team this year is that it seems like every team, uh, as soon as they get in the top three, has has fallen. So yeah, I think there's only like three or four undefeated teams left. Yeah, and it's like a lot of them haven't really played super hard schedules. So, um, and and Maryland lost as well. So mm-hmm. there might not be any Big Ten teams left that are undefeated. So there isn't. No. Um, it's really Michigan lost again. Yeah, it's a really interesting year for basketball. Um, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all, actually. No, and um, we, Chris Holman talked about it. He actually said that it was just kind of a good like wake up call for a lot of the young guys. Oh you yeah, know, like he said, a lot of the freshmen were coming in there. And, like he kind of thinks that they were just like, okay, I guess it's just our way. It's like, just gonna, easy. Yeah. yeah, college basketball is easy. We're just gonna win <laughs> a bunch of games, and that that's not how it is, you know. Right. The Big Ten is still tough, and Minnesota's been a pretty solid team the past few years. Um, but because of how weird the season has been, we lost the game, and we only dropped to five. We're still number five in the country. We've had some really big wins, and we have a r- big chance to face another big team this weekend against yep. Kentucky. It should be really exciting, and uh, hopefully we have Dwayne Washington back. He really is a spark plug for us. He's mm. awesome scorer. Um, but, yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm not really worried. We're, we're, we can afford to lose a game every once in a while. I mean, we're – 
if we keep on at this pace, we're an absolute lock for a, um, an NCAA tournament spot. Yeah. And e- potentially, right now, potentially is, even a number one overall seed. Yeah, they seed. have us as a number one overall seed, and that's even after our loss. So. Yeah, so we're still in good condition. I, I trust uh, Coach Holtman to uh, – you know, you know, get us on the right track again, and it it, it proved tonight that you know it was kind of a a fluke because we yeah. beat a team by thirty one mm. or whatever yeah. it was. Quick math, I don't know, <laughs> thirty nine, I don't know. Mm. Well, like I mean, we beat Penn State by almost like forty. It was, I think. Yeah. And Penn State's at twenty three. And Penn State beat Maryland. Yeah, it just goes to show how solid our team is. This yeah, year. it's just fluky. So, mm. um, I'm looking forward to this weekend. It should be. A really big matchup. I mean, this will be our third huge game of the year, and if we can uh, come out and play like the two other ones, we'll yeah. be we'll be just only fine. like a third of the way through the season. <laughs> yeah, it's this is a really fun game. I've actually caught myself watching almost every game this year, so mm-hmm. something that I haven't done previously. So we're lucky. We're lucky as uh, as seniors that we've got a really great basketball team this year as well. Yeah, um, Kentucky right now they are oh, somewhere up. in the teens, I think. Yeah, so um, it'll be number five against number six. six. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That'll be a big matchup. Kentucky, they were only one loss as well. Um, they kind of made up for their past losses they've been having. Wait, go back really quickly. Sorry, we were looking at the overall rankings. I don't see an undefeated team. Yeah, the top-ranked undefeated team is Auburn at 9-0. and And they're number 12. Mm-hmm. And then San Diego, San Diego State, State is 10-0. and and I think there's a, like one other one, but they're like a small team. That's interesting. Mm. Not even just goes to show how weird of a season this is. Yeah, Kansas has one loss. Mm. Gonzaga one loss. Louisville one loss. Duke one loss. Us one loss. Kentucky one loss. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, just previewing the game then, because uh, this will be Saturday um, on CBS at five fifteen. The game is at Kentucky. Um. It'll be at the T-Mobile Arena. That's not I, where I, their stadium is, right? No, I was going to say, I don't think that's a, it's at Kentucky. I think it's a neutral site. Yeah. It's in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think Kentucky is considered the home team, I think. Um, I'm not sure. No spread out yet, but uh, ESPN's Basketball Power Index does give us a 64% chance of winning. Wow. Mm. So we'll see. That. I'm super excited for that game. I didn't even realize it was that close already. Yep. I know we've been talking about that for a little while now. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Um Dustin, do you have anything else? This was an awesome long episode. Uh, we had a lot to cover. Um like I said, we will be back next week to preview our CFP game mm. uh against Clemson. But as of right now Yeah, I mean OSU's been huge in the news, so kinda glad that we did this because like you said, got to cover everything instead of having a bunch of mini podcasts that just went through a tiny bit of things. You get one with everything in it. So. Yeah, so we actually moved on to a new platform called Anchor. Um, if you follow us on social media, we'll be tweeting out links. Uh, if you would like to listen on the Anchor app, that would be hugely beneficial to us um, so we can get some analytics and kind of see where we're at. And uh, we'll be tweeting out a link to leave us a voicemail if you want to provide some feedback on the show or potentially be featured on the show. I don't know. I don't really know how it works, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, we'll be tweeting that out. So any feedback's appreciated and we appreciate you guys choosing us to listen to. And, um, I don't know. Got anything else? Yeah. We'll be back next, uh, with the preview for the Clemson, Ohio State 
Fiesta Bowl mm-hmm. uh, on December 28th. We'll come back this weekend with that. Uh, we're super excited for the game. Um, I don't know. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. I guess that's what we say. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.